Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm sorry, somebody just spent $19.99 to hear this? Maximum! What the hell's going on? Oh, my God. What's going to seriously? This show, this program has now generated. What are we talking about? $19.99. Let's round that up to $20. So $34.95. Come on! It's Football Friday, baby. Look at this. God. Look at this. How could they not send us to the Super Bowl? We're up $35 in today's broadcast alone. It's a cavalcade of lunatics. First person to spend $100 gets a shirtless picture from Ray. We're, gonna, we're just going to give you a, a, a beefcake shot. Send it directly to you. Don't make promises that I have no intention of keeping. You want to take your shirt off? You go ahead. I'm still waiting for the person to run up to you on the ferry that you take home and get a picture of them rubbing your belly. I'm willing to pay $50 for that. Well, then you're going to find out who gets arrested on the boat. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, speaking of the paid for uh, RPO comment, and someone's like, hey, man, no cheap shots in this game. Dude, hitting a guy as hard as you can in a playoff game in a cheap shot. It's the law of the land. It's the price of business. Hitting a guy as hard as you can is not a cheap shot. Hitting a guy late, hitting a guy dirty, hitting a guy with your helmet is a cheap shot. And given the way quarterbacks are protected in this league, you do that twice, you're going to give up at least one touchdown that you can't afford to give up. Hitting him hard, that's part of the deal. But hitting him clean, I mean... Well, it's a thing. The edge of dirty and clean is so hard to see in that moment. That I mean, you, it you, you know, but, dirty but, play but when the it point happens. is no. But the point is, the benefit of the doubt always goes to the quarterback. In fact, beyond the benefit of the doubt, that's why when a guy says, "Oh, you should you should hit him all the time," you'll get flagged a bunch. Can you afford to do that in this game? And I suggest you can't. Well, find out. You know, mess around early and find out. See what kind of tone is being set by the officiating crew. I mean, don't I remember. Let, don't I remember don't when, tempt Carl Sheffers. Look, when the Eagles came into town, I told you one of their means to win that game is to play just on the edge of the rule book. You know, make them call it. Are you seriously going to call pass interference every play? I bet you won't. So we're going to tempt you. We're going to play out on that edge. No, but you'll call roughing the passer every chance you get close to seeing it. That's the difference between that and every other penalty. We'll see. We will see. Ron Jaworski, though, did talk about stopping that RPO being a huge, huge part of the puzzle for the 49ers defense. We all know what a great defense the 49ers have. They have tremendous talent. But I'll go back to the Dallas game earlier this year with Micah Parsons, who's a tremendous football player. The Eagles use his strength against him. He wants to make every play. And they ran RPOs and zone read right at him and really negated his ability. So it's not only one player. Your defense must play with tremendous discipline and read their keys. Or you could get embarrassed because Jalen Hurts is really good at running the offense. He is. He's fantastic at it. I mean, the proof is just right there, right in the numbers, right in the pudding. He has been phenomenal. 
I mean, absolutely phenomenal. He should have a huge, huge just experience advantage. But I don't know if we can detect it yet. But I'll tell you this. When Jalen Hurts starts, Philadelphia is 15-1 and this season. That's amazing. That really is amazing. Brock Purdy, 7-0 and with two playoff wins. Tell the tape. It says the 49ers do this historically against the Eagles. The 49ers all time against the Eagles are 20-14 and 1 in their one playoff meeting. It was a 14 to nothing win over Philadelphia in the wild card round that ended Ray Rhodes' era after the 96 season. By the way, after the Niners win that game, they then lose to the Green Bay Packers 3 years in a row. So that's when the Packers' best of Brett Favre slide uh, started happening. But there's one playoff meeting, and the Niners won it definitively. This is only the third road start for Brock Purdy in his NFL career. And playoff road wins, I mean, they're hard for anybody. They're hard for anybody. At any point in time in their career. Any, anyone. It ain't easy. There is no such thing as an easy NFL playoff game. They do not exist. Sometimes things get out of pocket. You get a lopsided score. But believe me, the team that put up that lopsided score doesn't walk around in the postgame talking about how easy that was. No, but there are teams that are much easier to play than others, even in the playoffs. The fact is, these are the two best teams in the NFC. And I presume they're going to both bring their A games. So I think we're going to get two teams playing at or near the top of their skill levels. And it's going to be determined by one goofy thing or two goofy things. But for the most part, I think it's going to be the first team to 19. 19? Yeah. That's your number? That's my number. That's the magic number. I think you could score 17 and lose, but if you get to 19, you're home free. Because I, I don't think this is going to be... I, I, if I have to bet it, I'd bet the under which is 46 and a half, and I think that's not going to be reached even close to. I think two great defenses play great defensive games in the postseason. We've got uh, prop bets galore for you a little bit later on. We are going to go ahead and fade the public a little bit later on. We're going to say hello to Ricky Waters a little bit later on today as we go inside the veteran 49ers locker room. Uh, And we've got uh, a a really good guest coming up in Ricky Waters because when it came to being a dual threat out of the backfield. I mean, outside of Roger Craig, Ricky Waters probably fits that bill better than any other running back in 49ers history. Was Garrison Hurst a good pass catcher out of the backfield, Ray? Not nearly. Not really, good. yeah. Not, not like Ricky. No. So we got ourselves a monster game coming up. That is the understatement of the day. There will be no understated appearance by John Kincaid, who will be joining us here in a matter of moments. And then after John, we got to start just talking about how hard it is to win 12 in a row, which the 49ers have already done. The big ask is, can you win 14 in a row? If you win 14 in a row, you're world champions, for goodness sakes. Can you do that? Getting to 13 is mandatory before you get to 14. Getting to 13 consecutive wins in football what we we're talking about four teams have ever done that four teams well the, the, the 49ers are trying to become the fourth team because carolina won 14 in a row one year indianapolis won 14 in a row one year the all-time consecutive wins record in a row the new england patriots have that at 21 we'll talk about some of the big winning streaks throughout the history of sports and how rare the number 14 is when you go throughout all sports, like it's hard to win 14 in a row as a baseball team. It's hard to win 14 in a row as an NBA team. It's almost unthinkable as a professional football team. It really is. So the amount of history that the 49ers are butting up against here is significant. Maybe the most significant element of that is, again, there is never, has never been a rookie quarterback to win three postseason games. And if the Niners are going to be hoisting a Lombardi trophy, Brock Purdy needs to double the all-time rookie wins total. He's got to win four. Can't get to four without three. We won't even get to five o'clock without a strong four o'clock hour, which will be made even stronger 
by John Kincaid, one of the best sports talk hosts in the country. He is based now back in his hometown of Philadelphia, and he'll be joining us here in just a little bit. Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. It is good to have you here today. And let me tell you, the road to Glendale is brought to you by the SF Sheriff's Office. Your future begins here. Visit sfsheriff.com today to apply. And remember, all guests join us on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Football Friday is here, sponsored by Zenny, the official eyewear of the San Francisco 49ers. Shop at over uh, 3,000 styles, 80% off retail exclusively at zenny.com. And now I'm very happy to bring in uh, a friend of mine, a friend to uh, the entire city of Philadelphia, which doesn't necessarily make him your enemy, San Francisco. He's a great sports talk show host. John Kincaid joins us here on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink easy to enjoy let's face it john this has been an easy week to enjoy as a sports talk radio host in this city i'm guessing in your city as well we really do have the game that this conference deserves coming up this sunday i think we do i want to negotiate right now though is this two cases of bud light for this appearance i mean what do your guests get do they get a, a case don't Two cases. Gone. I mean, this is a big weekend. You get nothing. Should we, should we have a mayor's nothing. bed here? We should have like a... Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. No mayor's beds, please. Well, you we don't, don't want... Need any, we don't need any of that. Like, what would I even want from Philadelphia? What could you send me that I'd think, like, yeah, that'd be... I, I want that. I could send you a a cornerback that could cover. Oh. Maybe that would help. You're saying the Niners don't have those? Yeah, I think that that could be a problem. Might be a little bit of a problem. Around 4.30 on Sunday, you may be trying to take me up on this offer. Is what I'm figuring. I'll say this. The best cornerback on the field is going to be Darius Slay. I think he's the best defender the Eagles got, actually. He is incredible. And Bradbury is a great corner. Is a really, really good corner, too. 
He'll get paid as a number one next year. He'll be, you know, capitalizing on it. He won't be back here. But he came here on the one-year prove-it deal after the Giants had to cut him. And uh, Darius Slay and him have been an amazing, amazing uh, combination. And they've done a great, great job. And they've rarely had a game where they were even slightly subpar, let's put it that way. What was that game, and how subpar do you define subpar for them? I would say that there have been a few there have been a few games this year where I've been a little concerned. And where I got concerned was the fact is I think that the Bears game was one which shocked me because that was a game where you had a running quarterback and I thought, okay, it's a it's a guy in Justin Fields who's gonna run all over them. And he really did. He caused them some problems. He uh he got out there and I swear it distracted them. It, it like all of a sudden the Eagles secondary did uncharacteristic things, and there was a lot of over aggressiveness. I think they undersold Justin Fields, and it's one of the things I said on the show this week: is do not underestimate Brock Purdy, because I think the young man has done a fine job, and I think he's just young enough and talented enough that he could, you know, really cause them problems if he's in any way underestimated, if they think they've got him all figured out or they think they have a game plan on him. This young man has been an amazing story. And I'll tell you this, Philly's got a lot of respect for him, for what they've seen. And I'm shocked because I thought going into the week it would be a lot of Philly fans mocking Purdy. But I think that is the this an educated fan base, and I think it's been really, really a lot of positive press coming his way. John Kincaid out of Philadelphia joining us here on 95.7 The Game. And I asked this question, and I'm not trying to take a shot at all. And I sure. hope, I, I, I think you'll know exactly what I mean when I ask it, too. Because, look, Colin Kaepernick appeared, dazzled us for a while, and then went away. Why he went away is, you know, that that is to be debated until the cows sure. come home. Where there, there were extenuating circumstances. As you've watched Jalen Hurts here develop, is this a fully realized NFL quarterback for a decade, or is there anything about his game and how hard it is to prepare for what he does that sort of is a cause celeb? Not a flash in the pan, but Jalen Hurts, the kind of guy who comes in, has three or four very hard-to-figure-out years, and then he gets figured out and things change. Or is Jalen Hurts truly, like six years from now, he's the Eagles' starting quarterback? Well, I think he's going to be, I do think he's got a lot of staying power. What I do have a question about, though, is, like I would with any running quarterback, I'm going to have a problem with a guy who, and really, I mean, like last weekend, he had six designed runs against the Giants. And I think, honestly, they wanted to show designed runs just to pretty much put on, when they got out to a lead, I think they wanted Kyle Shanahan and his staff having to prepare for him to be able to be doing his design runs that he usually does. I worry about him holding up because he's been injured in December both years that he's been a starter. He's missed games in the month of December, and that would be my concern. I have no concern, though, about him going the way of Kaepernick because even though I, have, I still have a ton of respect for Kyle Kaepernick and his, and his talents that he showed, but what I think he also did was, in a way, he got distracted. And I think he did become a celebrity. Uh, Jalen Hurts is a bit of a football nerd, to put it kindly. He is a guy who is completely invested 24-7, robotically out of the Nick Saban mold, where they take, he takes high school kids and he programs them. And he makes them never satisfied, try to get the next thing. I don't think Jalen Hurts enjoys himself enough, honestly. But if victory is how he enjoys himself, who am I to judge it? Is there a team or a game this year that you thought the Philadelphia offensive line was either neutralized in or handled by? No, but I do think there were games where they got distracted. And I'm saying distracted by unforced errors. There were a few games this year where they took a bunch of penalties. And it was a bunch of unforced errors on their home field, which to me was absolutely inexcusable because that just doesn't make sense to me when you're talking about a team playing at home with that kind of advantage that they've got. A lot of unforced errors. 
I saw some of that this year, and that sort of bothered me. The Green Bay game was a little bit of that. But one of the things that they do is they just, Ray, they, they have a way of taking over games for periods of time. And sometimes it's four quarters, and it's very subtle. Sometimes it'll be a series or two where you go, they're not having the greatest day, and Jordan Mailata's shoulder has been a little bit of that at left tackle. You know, he's been playing injured all year. He had that, uh, you know, that shoulder that he's been nursing. And I've seen some games this year where he hasn't been as dominant. But then there'll be a third quarter, a fourth quarter, where if you look at the second-half running numbers, rushing numbers, this Eagles team has gotten ahead with the pass, and then they have bled clock in the third and fourth quarter, late in the thirds, into the fourths, by just running the ball down people's throats. Like the first Dallas game, they kept having uh, Jason Kelsey mic'd up, and he was saying, you know what's coming. We're running right at you. Here, it's coming. And Dallas had no answer for him. When they get on a roll, they are as dominant a force as there is in the NFL. And I know that the San Francisco defensive front is going to be a hell of a matchup. It's going to be absolutely awesome. John Kincaid with us here on Damon and Ratto. What is the Nick Sirianni blind spot? And is the team good enough to cover that up? Oh, there is a blind spot. There absolutely is. I've seen games where the young offensive you know, uh, mastermind, which the, him and Shane Steichen are a great combination, where they've gotten too cute, where they've seen what the opponent's weakness is, and they've ignored it. They went into that Bears game, which shouldn't have been as close as it was, because the Bears had given up a ton of rushing yards to every team all year long, and they came out and they threw the ball, threw the ball, threw the ball, and a day when they had 30 and 35 mile an hour wins at Soldier Field. It was an arrogant game plan. It was an ultra-aggressive game plan, and it caused some turnovers that were completely unnecessary, which let the Bears stay close. What I don't believe will happen is I don't believe they will take anything for granted going up against the 49ers. So I'm not worried about them coming out with a cute game plan. But I can promise you this. Sometimes they get pass-happy. And if they find success with it, fine. But sometimes if, let's say, San Francisco... The, the Eagles, let's say they decide to defer, and the 49ers go down and put points on the board in the very first drive. I have seen Nick Sirianni and his staff too often get very, very pass-happy and very concerned about getting the score tied quickly instead of sticking to their game plan, trying to find some balance. And make no mistake about it, I truly believe this 100%, that they are going to be aggressive down the field early and then hoping that that softens things up for them to be able to run the ball late when was the last time you think they got too cute and was it long enough ago that you think the lessons have been learned from that uh i would say the um gosh let me think here i think the uh, there there are times i'm trying to think of the game well the, the, the bears game was december 18th that was the last time that i accused them of that and by the way they really enjoy when i do that um but uh the the the, the titans game and the the Titans game and the Packers game were back-to-back. And one week they ran for 350-plus yards. The next week they threw for 350-plus yards. They are they, they, get, they get sort of spellbound in it. But both of those games turned out their way, Ray. So it's, it, like it, they both worked. But to me, I said, these are the kind of games, though, where if you get into that mindset that you think you can just do whatever you want to do all the time you do it, when you go up against the more talented teams, that's not going to work out in your favor. A Philadelphia media maestro, John Kincaid, with us here. Let me ask you about our friend Kate Scott. How's she doing supporting the hometown team, which is now her, you know, she lives in Philadelphia. She calls Sixers game. She's got to play the room she's standing in. I've even seen her tweet throughout the regular season. Go Birds. Here come her Kate, 49ers. How's she doing? Kate, we have, uh, we have welcomed her into the fold. And from various Super Bowls where I'd met Kate, and then some things, I knew her before she came to town. So I was so thrilled to have her and to bring her in. And we're the home of the Sixers. So we had her on a few times, which is great. Very, she replaced a legend in this town in Mark Zumoff. So she had a very difficult thing to do. And I will be honest with you, a lot of people were extremely resistant to her anybody taking over for zoo and then also the fact that the sixers chose a female to do it but what kate did 
is ignore that storyline. And I thought it was the best part about her, is she just came in and ignored that part of it and just said, John, I'm going to do the job as well as I can do it. And if someone doesn't want me here because I'm a woman or someone doesn't want me here, they might not like my style, but I'm going to be me. And slowly but surely, she's been winning people over. Less critics. This is a critical city. Believe me, I returned in January of 2021 to my hometown and faced a lot of criticism for things. Why are you doing things differently? Why are you doing this? And they're going to, this is a town that wants to see that you can take the criticism and that you stand your ground and you be yourself. And Kate Scott, I think you guys know it as well as anybody. She's going to be herself. She's, she's, not gonna, she's not going to cater. She's not going to cater to someone that has, uh, you know, 280 characters to ridicule her for something. Love having Kate here and thrilled. And by the way, the Sixers, how about Sixers and Warriors? You want to meet up in the spring? I don't know if you guys, I mean, you guys are having so many parades. You must be getting bored. Nah, I mean, we'd well, be well, glad to take one off your hands. Look at it this way. The only parade that anybody's thinking about is the one that might follow the Super Bowl and the 49ers. Well, are you coming out for it? Because I'll get you a hotel room and everything. Uh, I will. Uh, there, there, there comes the Philadelphia arrogance. Yes. I love it. I, I love it. it. I've said it here, Damon. You talked about it when you visited on my show. 17... Six, the Eagles will have 17 by halftime, and I do believe that they will win this game 27-13. John Kincaid. So it's it an under. There. It's an under. There you go. It's, it's an, an under 27-13, uh, and I think that. Uh, but I think that uh, the San Francisco 49ers are clearly the most difficult team that anyone in the NFC would have to prepare for in a championship game, unless they were preparing for the Eagles. This is going to be a great matchup, and um, of course. Nice to be able. It'll be nice to see Kyle Shanahan again, of course, from my years in Atlanta. Um, or, but I would suggest this: if Kyle's coming to town, you know, now he's in town, make sure he doesn't lose the iPad with the game plan on it, like he did Super Bowl week. Yeah, well, where who, the other team, the, like, make sure Kyle's got his hands on the game plan, and um, and tell him not to put towels out at the pool. You know, put them out in the morning and then go home and then come back to the pool later. To, uh, to go to his towels. He's, he's got a habit of doing that. I'm just letting you in. He, I'm an insider. He's one of those people. This is all Lays very good advice. From a, look at it this way. If you can't hear the scars of covering Atlanta Falcons <laughs> offensive coordinator, you're just you're not paying attention because Kincaid was there in Atlanta when he's all of that went down. He's a brilliant. He is the best offensive play caller in the NFL. Hands down. Hands down. No questions asked. Well, then maybe that's enough to carry the day. It should be a phenomenal football game. It really should be. It should be. It should be. I would be much more concerned if Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback, though. i got to be honest. I'd be much more concerned. It's funny. I don't know if Shanahan would be, and I don't think there's a single fan that would be. I, 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 I would agree. But I think that what you will say on, on Sunday night, everyone will say we finally saw the seventh round pick in his rookie year swimming underwater a little bit. And I think that's what we're going to see on Sunday night. I don't want to hear a word about a cheesesteak. Give me the restaurant. No, none of that. Give me, give me the restaurant that if anyone is listening, they're going to be in Philadelphia oh, this yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah. What do they need to book? Uh, okay, I would tell you if they want the authentic South Philly Italian experience, you would go to Ralph's. Ralph's is the oldest family-owned, continuously family-owned restaurant in America. And they actually had the historical marker to prove it right out front. Get a reservation at Ralph's. All San Francisco visitors should go to the Reading Terminal Market, though, in the morning. Go have breakfast and your coffee there. If you want the Cuban coffee, you can get it. If you want to, uh, you know, taste the German coffees and things like that, they've got all kinds of great little shops and stores. Sort of remind you of the marketplace in Seattle. Reading Terminal Market, right downtown, Ralph's. But they should be calling now and getting reservations. So, because it's going to fill up and it's going to be very difficult to get in. But they should absolutely do that. And maybe Sunday night they can do it for a post post game because Italian food, great Italian food like that, is great to like sort of when you're when you're a little down and you're not feeling your best. No. It can sort of lift your spirits. You almost landed the plane like a total pro, but no, he had to work like a oh, shot in there. Uh, that's why we love you. John, thank you so much, man. You're one of my too, favorites. Man. Appreciate you. You guys have a great time. See hey, you. There he is. I woke up at 6 in the morning to go on his show. He gets to sit there, little horse, 7.30 on a Friday night, put his feet up, have a beer.
join this easily. You're a three-year-old and a one-year-old. You were getting up at six anyway. Yeah, I, I have. Yeah, yeah, let's not say you fell on the grenade to save the platoon here. Jack is standing on my chest at 6.15, 6.20 every morning. Yeah, Kincaid's on the horn. <laughs> yeah, I do. it's more like Paw Patrol should be on TV, Dad. Let's go. Yeah, well. Get it together. Yeah, I mean, you're just there to serve them. No doubt. Your next happy day as a parent be the day they... No, these are happy times. Oh, no, no, they're no, just no. They're just the days that start early. Yeah, they start early, they end late. Because they're in the brandy by 8.30. So, so is dad. So is mom. Mom's, All right. put, mom's putting away the vino. And she deserves it. She's earned every sip. Every sip. It's the Alcoholic Bruce family <laughs> here on TNT. That's right. It'd be a great, 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 uh, you know, multimedia event. We'll broadcast it for everyone. Uh, thanks again to John Kincaid for joining us. There actually was some NFL news today, Ray. We haven't even gotten to it. Um, the Bet Online Twitter data map, which I'm guessing those words put together are some of your least favorite words of all time. But there is a Twitter data map of all 50 states' rooting interest for this coming up weekend. 23 of these United States are supporting the Cincinnati Bengals, just based on Twitter data. 19 states, including Hawaii, which I thought the 49ers would carry for sure, are rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs. The Eagles are the preferred team by six different states. Your usual suspects, as you would imagine, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Connecticut, and Delaware. With Alabama, now maybe that's a Jalen Hurts. That's Jalen Hurts. Yeah, but how, where's Oklahoma? Because they're not on the list. With Alabama and Alaska, again another state that I thought 49ers would probably carry, but there's just a lot of deadbeat dads from Philly, obviously now, you know, skipping, nice. skipping out on child payments up in Alaska. So that's probably why that's happening. Only two states. According to this Twitter data mapper, supporting your San Francisco 49ers, California and Oregon. Go Ducks. Uh, California and Oregon. The Go only Ducks. two states officially pulling for the 49ers. I don't believe that. I don't either because there is no that, doubt who the biggest team is. And everybody does this uh, for whatever weird reason they want to do it. I mean, you, you see a Twitter map every day, you know. Who likes the best sauerkraut on their hot dog? And then they just make up stuff so that they can have a multicolored map. That sounds like nonsense to me. I love sauerkraut on my hot dog. If you were asking. I wasn't. <laughs> Mustard, a little kraut. Some onions on that bad boy, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm also not afraid of a little ketchup. And I know that that, in some places, is like an admission of being a total wuss. I, to me, there is no shame... And a dot or two of ketchup on a hot dog. Man, your breath must smell like an Austrian sleeping in your mouth. Thank you for married the Volvon Trap family. <laughs> uh, so, another little piece of news. You want to know when you've officially screwed up as a football team? When Sean McVay is the first to jump on the guy you just said doesn't need to be here anymore. Isn't that admission... Isn't that like proof that you might have screwed it up a little? Because Mike LaFleur is returning to the NFC West. He's been hired as Sean McVay's next offensive coordinator, which would also have you believing that Sean McVay is not going to be departing the Rams for a broadcast booth job. Uh, he was scapegoated for the New York Jets' shortcomings offensively. And the Jets went out and hired Nathaniel Hackett, who was, you know, proven to be one of the worst head coaching hires we've seen in recent modern NFL history as he flamed out of Denver quickly. Um, and let's be honest, he was brought into Denver sort of be a magnet for the possibility of Aaron Rodgers showing up in Denver before they ended up settling on the disastrous year one that is Russell Wilson's year one. But you probably messed up when Sean McVay jumps all over an opportunity to pick up the guy you just kicked to the curb. Yeah, McVay said a couple of weeks ago that he was going to come back. And so I'm, you know, I'm intrigued by the fact that he, he jumped on a guy almost immediately that a bad team had rejected. 
because like you said that's an endorsement right there it means that a bad team continues to be a bad team because they don't know who to hire who to fire and who to keep after they've hired them well and even if you had that figured out all the way around the coaching you know the, 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 the circumference of all your entire coaching staff what are you going to do with Zach Wilson <laughs> the guy was not good. I don't know if there's any if there if Andy Reid wasn't getting a four thousand yard passing season out of him this year. Come on. No, he um it's not a great team, but he handled it badly and kept handling it worse and worse to the point where the players wanted Mike White, who, you know, nobody had heard of. And the on on the basis of basically one game where you know they won it and he looked okay and seemed to want to get everybody on the same page, you know, rather than deflect blame for his own shortcomings, they all fell in love with him and endorsed him publicly. I mean that that locker room must be a just a nightmare because they not only have agendas. They post them on flags in front of their lockers. Well, and you got a group of, I would love to find the biggest pile, flaming pile of you-know-what, group of reporters covering any NFL team. I mean, the New York media is there to stir the pot. It's kind of a testament to the job that Robert Sala really did. Like, as bad as it got, it could have gotten so much worse. I don't know how much worse it could have gotten, to be honest with you. I mean, they were coming out, and the, you know, Garrett Wilson, who was their best wide receiver, just came out and said, we were thrilled when Mike White came out. Those are guys who are basically, they're voting on roster decisions in public. And it's not like the, the reporters ran up to them and tricked them into answers. They wanted to say that stuff. Don't you not like your starting quarterback? Yes, you're absolutely right. I don't like my starting quarterback. I mean, they weren't tricked into those answers. They knew what they were saying and why they were saying it. That room was destroyed with with Zach Wilson. Thanks again to John Kincaid for joining us on the Bud Light guest line. He will get no cases of Bud Light from us for his appearance on the Bud Light guest line. But when Ricky Waters does join us, there could be stakes in his future. So we'll find out what cut of meat he likes the most. The cut of his jib these days. What's he up to? Super Bowl memories. Advice for Brock. He knows the Eagles very well as he does where the uh, last Lombardi trophy. The 49ers stuffed into their trophy case had Ricky Waters' fingerprints on it. So we're going to have a little trip down memory lane with a guy who was a hell of a dual threat running back. And obviously Christian McCaffrey needs to be just that as the 49ers take on the Eagles this weekend. It's Damon and Ratto coming back with our longest commercial-free segment of the entire day next year on 95.7 The Game. Brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full-service banking. No compromises. Back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Remember, all guests join us on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy, including Ricky Waters, who will be joining us at the top of the hour. Ray, we have pretty much been talking nothing but 49ers and Eagles, rightfully so. It's a big game. Coming up on Sunday, games really don't get any bigger. Well, technically, there's only one football game that you could even make the argument is bigger. And that'll be waiting for the winner in Arizona a couple weeks down the road. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a fascinating day of football on Sunday. Uh, The AFC game is fascinating. I mean, I don't know which one of these games is harder to predict the outcome of. I I really don't. Uh, Turn your mic on. God, it's been a while since we had to do that. Well, I was thinking. Um, I, I think the Chiefs and Bengals has a wider variety of potential outcomes. Um, I could see a team winning 38-10. I could see it being 38-35. Um, I think uh, that game is far more quarterback dependent than this one is, I think. So I think there's a wider variety of potential outcomes. This one, I think, is largely going to be played in the fairway. 
you know, I don't think there's going to be many hero shots. I think it's going to be just this sort of a steady grind the whole night. Um, it's interesting that the uh, that the that the point spread in the Chiefs Bengals game has fluctuated so wildly, and now it seems to have settled on the Chiefs minus one and a half or two, um, which is sort of where it started. But then it it spiked for for Cincinnati like two days ago. And now it's settled back down. So there's a lot more people, I think, chunking a whole lot more money on that game than this one. And I wonder if the volatility of that line is money coming in dependent or casinos sort of hedging against whatever big amount of money came in that day. Like, I feel like the the casinos more likely... To drop that number up and down to just make sure that there's a lot of action on both sides of it. Well, they're trying to. They haven't. Fa- I don't know if they found the sweet spot for where that number should end up being. But the fact that it lurched essentially five points towards Cincinnati and then four and a half points back toward Kansas City tells me that a lot of people have bet a lot of money to move that line twice because they react at this point to big bets. Um, because all the wise guys got in early. They're the ones who drove the drove the betting towards Cincinnati, and now all of a sudden, Kansas City money is coming in, presumably in droves, because like I said, that, that line's moved now f- four and a half points in two days. So part of it is Patrick Mahomes, but part of it is I think more people are just more interested in betting that game because they can't get a handle on what Eagles 49ers is going to be. We've got a handle on a little bit of news. It's not big news, and he can certainly afford it. But Steph Curry has been fined $25,000 for throwing his mouth guard in the fourth quarter of game against the Grizzlies just the other night. Curry's got that. It's yeah. going to be okay. Yeah, but once again, he you know he's saying it with plastic that comes out of his mouth. Um. Yeah, no, it, it's the it's the right fine because you don't want anybody throwing anything that reaches the crowd because you're always a, you're always a, a lawyer away from having to pay somebody off three million dollars for an injury they don't have. That's why. That's why Clay Thompson better watch where he's flying those paper airplanes. Oh, reporters can't sue. They 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 please they they'd sell out for like a five minute interview. We're not clever enough to actually go get a lawyer we don't want to pay the retainer have you met Whitley I've met Whitley she'd give in I don't know That's, I don't know she talks it she don't walk it shrewd negotiator I'm sure I thought you were going to say shrewd negotiator no 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 now no. she's going to negotiate with you no no uh, we had Steve Kerr on just yesterday and talked a little bit about the Steph Curry ejection and hey, maybe it's going to be a turning point just in terms of waking people up. Like, if Steph is getting this level of mad, everyone should be cranking it up a little. What do you think, Steve Kerr? I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's the, that's one of the things that has been consistent this year is, is that we just, we don't know. We, we You'd like to think, you know, hey, now's the time. We're ready to take off now. We've had several of those moments. And then it hasn't happened, you know. So um, I'd like to think that that moment becomes a galvanizing uh, moment for all of us. And we put it together and we get on a nice run here. But we'll see. we got to go do it. I mean, that's the thing. Steve very much yesterday expressed a level of frustration saying, all right, so we've had a lot of moments that should be galvanizing moments. When is it going to carry over to a galvanized week, 10 days, three weeks, of an actual commitment to a defensive game plan and their next test uh, of their galvanization, if that's what you want to call it, is tonight. Toronto Raptors are here. Yeah, and the Raptors have not been good this year, but they looked pretty good the other night against Sacramento. So they might be building up a heater. But they're also a team that's looking to shed players because I think they're getting ready to start a rebuild. For a lot of people who are like, man, Curry's just, he doesn't like playing with Jordan Poole. No, no, that's that's really not what we're looking at here. I think Steph Curry's very happy to be playing with, with Jordan Poole. I know he might drive fans nuts. I know there are moments he's driving that coaching staff nuts. But after you I, get down all that, he drove me nuts nonsense. Uh, he, he hit a game winner last night. 
or not last night, two nights ago. Well, no, I, I think he can be frustrating for his teammates as well, but it's not, I don't believe, because he is an utterly selfish player. It's because you never quite know what you're going to get out of him. He needs to slow down. I don't know if he can, though. And by that, I mean, he, I think he likes to play at a tempo and doesn't like it when he's out of that tempo. He, fe- he doesn't feel comfortable. And I think part of what we've seen from him is when he can, when he can dictate pace, he's much more comfortable, whether or not his teammates are keen on playing at that same pace. And that's one of the things that you have to learn. And, you know, he's getting better at it. But I think there are nights when if his shot's not going, he becomes a different player. And the fact that it's still... I think irks him a little bit when he's coming off the bench. That's another thing he's got to get over. He's going to get used the way he gets used. You know, it just the path to Jordan Poole's future is still largely in the future because the rest of this window for the Warriors is going to be dictated by their veterans. And obviously, if there is a young man who is going to Answer the bell on a night-in, night-out basis. I think we all see Jonathan Kaminga is probably most capable of being that player. And the question is, is when will James Wiseman be in the mix in any tangible game-by-game basis? And I even asked Steve straight up, like, do you owe it to James Wiseman to figure out a way to get him minutes or trade him? and let him go be a basketball player somewhere else. And here's what Steve Kerr had to say about that question. I think that's a fair question. You know, one of the things that I tell James from time to time is I, I feel bad for him because of the circumstances. He's, he's had a, a tough go with the injuries. The injuries have definitely set him back. But bottom line is he's a really talented young guy playing on a veteran team. So he's he's in a situation where he's not getting as many reps and as much playing time as he would in a different set of circumstances. Um, you know, had had he been drafted by a, a different team, he'd be getting more opportunities for sure. And that's uh, part of his story. That's part of his journey. And what I love about James is he understands that and recognizes it and continues to keep a, a positive spirit and energy and and he works hard every single day, and uh, and he's wonderful to coach. So, as I've said many times, I'm a huge fan. And um, however this plays out, we don't know, but um, I, I hope I get to continue to coach him, and I hope that he can develop here and, and get more opportunities as we go forward. I mean, I think he's uh, he's tipped his hand just a little, right? I mean, I, I think that they are they're they're they're, they're closer to saying goodbye than they are giving him 20 minutes. I think they're. I think that's probably true, but I don't think it means they're ready to say goodbye yet. But they're not willing to commit significant minutes to him yet because he hasn't showed them the things they're looking for on a consistent basis. And the last thing the Warriors want to do is put in another guy into an already inconsistent team who they can't guarantee will be consistent for them. And that maybe speaks less to Wiseman than it does to the team condition as a whole. But they need solid senders, and they don't have enough of those right now. And I think that, as much as anything, will determine how long he stays. And, I mean, I don't know that he'll he'll get moved at the trade deadline. It might be in the offseason. But... I think they want to see a return from him before the end of the year. Well, then you got to play him. Well, I mean, here's the thing. They, they don't need another guy just sitting on the bench. No, but they also don't need a guy who's going to go in and not give you a sense that you know what you're getting from him. So you don't reward him with minutes until he shows he can do that. And that means, first of all, playing five solid minutes. Then it's eight solid minutes. And it's 12 solid minutes. It's going to be incremental because you're not going to give him 25 when you're not sure that he's worth any yet. But when you're not even flirting with the concept of being two, three games over 500, you're in the disposable time of your year. And I don't know if disposable is necessarily the right word, but it is the 
less leverage than we'll find later in the regular season. And sadly for James Wiseman, he got injured again. His sprained ankle was a problem for him in a handful of games where he might have been turned to in the name of we're just short height. We're, you know, we're short bodies. And we would have, even if we didn't want to play it, we wouldn't have had much of a choice. We would have. And James Wiseman missed that window. And I think that the Warriors also missed their window of nobody even here really cares about the outcome of these games. So we might as well just rock with Wiseman and get him the game minutes that he needs. Except that the, the Western Conference is such a mess that they could win two in a row and suddenly be in fifth. You know, and that's, you know, they're still planning on making a deep playoff run. You know, you might not see that yet. In fact, nobody's seen it yet because they've been so inconsistent. But if you're still planning to be a playoff team, the thing you need most, and Steve Kerr said it over and over again, was consistent performances. And Weissman has to be part of that consistency for him to get the minutes. It's not, let's see what we've got with him. That's not what these part, this part of the season's about. It's not figuring out who he is. It's him figuring out who they are. Right, but at some point, you've got to turn back to the player and say, okay, well, we have re-coached you up. Let's see if you got it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you- this guy is a healthy scratch coach DNP way too often to be taken seriously as a Golden State Warrior at this point. No, I and I'm not arguing that. All I'm saying is they're not all of a sudden going to flood him with minutes to see what he's got. It's going to have to be incremental. And he's going to have to have short bursts of really good play because they're not going to give him 20 minutes right away unless it's an emergency. It's going to be five minutes here. It's going to be eight minutes there. And he's got to be able, he's got to play with a very narrow margin for error, which is something he has not yet done. Thank you for talking me through that final sneeze I was doing off mic. That was a very good job on your part, Ray. Welcome, one and all, to a football Friday and a 5 o'clock hour as we get you ready for an NFC title game. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.